What's up, everybody? This is Dan, and I have my fabulous co-host, Joseph, with me. How you doing, Joseph? Doing okay. Doing okay. You know, it wasn't the best night last night, but in a lot of positives still. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, this is for you guys, uh, Dallas Draft and Zoom City Defense. Um, before we get into all of our stuff, you know, Defense looked pretty good last night. Defense looked pretty good last night. Um, mm-hmm. Off and on. There, there were a couple moments that you were like, oh, no. There were some really good good moments, which were, which were highlighted. Well, we will highlight. Um, so, of course, let's just jump straight into our first thing. You know, the, the dress rehearsal was last night. And uh, there was some good. There was some good. There was some bad. There was some bad. Um, and then there was just some. Um, Let's let's start with the good. Let's start with the good, and um, because I think the bad will help us kind of go into our next topic a little bit. Um, but the good, look, I I really like some of what I saw from the defense. I mean, they were lining Parsons up not just as a linebacker. I mean, they put him at you know D tackle, D end. They moved him around quite a bit. Um, Osa Osa looked fabulous. Um, yep, you know. Heaven forbid, I, I went on Twitter and tried to give Osa some credit on the play everybody saw Parsons make. And heaven forbid I give any credit to, to Osa on that play because I'm getting hammered for it. And I was just like, I never said a bad thing on Parsons on this. In fact, I said he did good. I just wanted to give shout out to Osa because he looked so good all they, game. They, they both, they played a beautiful stunt together and it was, it was, they both were outstanding on that play really really well i just wanted to give us a little bit of credit for it because nobody how, else how dare you kind of how dare me um and then uh you know there was there was some there was some bad we we saw some there was a look there were some penalties there were some moments where we only had 10 men on the field mm-hmm. um you know sometimes some of our some of our run defense didn't quite hold on some plays um that was especially early on, we, there were some, some plays that we were like, man, we're getting gashed a little bit. Um, you know, there's, there's a little bit of clarity to the cornerback position. Uh, they started Brown last night, mm-hmm. uh, which I know a lot of people weren't huge fans of. But look, he played decently. Um, yeah. Yeah. He played absolutely decently. I think that was, that was great, you know, on offense. What, what do you think on offense? What was good on offense for you? Oh, offense. Uh, I think Rico Dowdle looked good again. Um, you know, he's shown some stuff. Uh, I like I like what uh, Hardy has shown. I don't think Hardy's going to make the team, but he's a practice squad guy, in my opinion. Um, I think he's shown, shown out pretty good. Um, and Cooper Rush. I think Cooper Rush came out and, and made, made a statement saying, hey, look at, there's a quarterback competition. And I think it was... If you look at it, he came out, um, Garrett Gilbert had two series, a fumble on the first series, and then one first down, and then a punt, and then he was out, and Cooper Rush came in. But if you realize, when Cooper Rush came in, the, the starting wide receivers went out, so it was like Noah Brown and, and Cedric Wilson, but the first team offensive line stayed in to protect for, for Cooper Rush. I think McCarthy wanted to see what Rush could do with a, a blocking line, and you know what? Cooper Rush looked really damn good. A little bit of flashbacks of 2017 preseason when he, he kind of put on a show in preseason 2017. And he made a competition. I think he put everybody on notice. And Mark McCarthy even said after the game, look, we got one more week and we're going to need it. 
to determine who's the quarterback um, number two, because Gil- Gilbert had a, a a large lead. We've talked about this. Gilbert had quite a large lead, and he's lost it. And uh, besides Gil, besides Rush and uh, Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson, I don't think the offense looked well that great. But uh, I do like Jarwin's uh, seam catch, his route over the seam. That's what he does. He's so dangerous running the seam. So um, outside of that, like man the offense wasn't that great to be honest yeah i mean there was some there were some moments you know we, we saw a really good moment by uh brown a couple times i mean he you know if people for whatever reason people want to just kind of knock noah brown down and every time he gets in he just seems to kind of prove like he belongs you yeah. know and i'm not saying he's one of your top three probably not even your top four guy but he is probably your he's your number he's five. Your five yeah he's he's five. That five yeah and here's the thing, Brown plays everywhere. They have lined Brown up absolutely everywhere. And he just makes catches. Like he just goes about his work and everybody wants to hate on him for whatever reason. And he just keeps he just keeps coming back. Tough guy, uh, makes catches in traffic and he blocks really well for a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was just it was really it was really nice to see um some of that go down. Um, you know, we on to the, the mediocre, like, let, let's just go to the mediocre before we hit the bad. The mediocre is, is there without Dak, you're still seeing some stagnant play at times. Yep. Um, you know, and look, it, it's not because it's not because some of these guys aren't getting open. It's not because there isn't time. It's just, there's a night and day difference between it, really any backup and your and, and a really good starter. It's just going to happen that way. It doesn't have to be Dak. It can be any above average starter in the league. You go down to your second guy and there's going to be drop off, like decent drop off. And it's going to stagnate a little bit. Um, so I think that was kind of mediocre. Kick returns are up and down um, and kick return um, defense is up and down. I think special teams is still a little, mm-hmm. You're unsure of what you're going to get out of it. You've also um, got some work to do, yeah. Yeah. Now, granted, look, you know, they've said that, it, and, and this is no secret, I'm not trying to bash anybody yet. They've said that they're thinking about putting Parson, I mean, uh, LVE and um, Jalen potentially doing some special teams work, um, you know, so they may not be done of what the final special teams looks like, um, if that's the case. We don't know. Um, you know, obviously week one will absolutely answer every question we all have, but yeah, uh, I've heard, I've heard it's more Jalen than LVE. Um, from what I've heard in practice, LVE has not been on the special teams practice, but, uh, uh, Jalen has seen some, right, but it was mentioned. So I'm throwing it out. Like, yep. It, it was mentioned. Um, they have, there have been practices with Jalen on special teams. There has not been, you're right. Nobody has seen a practice yet with LVE at special teams, but they have mentioned it. So yeah. who knows, you know, to your point, Fossil has work to do and maybe that's part of the work. Um, some of the other kind of mess stuff is, is there's some depth at certain positions that we have some questions about that'll go up and down safety. Look, I, let's give credit to Malik Hooker. He looked great, especially when they had him coming down in the box, yep. which you said that he can absolutely do um, single high. They had him at single high. It looked really sharp. Um, health is his is his big question mark. Yeah, and uh, I was surprised they had him in the box 
I've not that I don't think he could do it because I've I've been on record on the show saying that hey Malik Hooker can play in the box he can play that strong safety position if you need to. The my surprise is hey this is his first game back and they put him in the box and that was surprising to me that he went in there so early. Uh, he played good, but in, in a single high he did have a misread. He he was late to a read on a route, uh, but he laid a big hit on the guy after he caught it. You know so. Uh, he had a couple of big hits that were that were nice. Um, uh, one more thing before we keep with the mediocre, I forgot, man, a good. Uh, and the only reason I remember is because he just liked my tweet about him, and that's Nick Ralston. Uh, uh, man, he again, again, just clearing linebackers out of the hole and two, two for two on third and shorts, third and one, two for two coming in, churning his legs. Uh, guys don't want to, guys don't want to tackle this guy. Um, yep. There was a. I mentioned you the safety came down and was going to hit the gap and Ralston hit that gap and that safety just stopped. He, he, yes. didn't, he stood up and he was like, now, not not playing this game today. Um, just stopped in the box. It was, it was pretty funny. Um, wanted no business of Ralston coming at him. <laughs> just none. Um, you know, I, I get it. Like there, there's a, there's a post out there by our, our, our buddy, uh, RJ Ochoa, where he kind of puts, Ralston isn't down. Look, I, I get it. Some people really want to see more utilization to say he is viable of a, of a roster spot. And, and we may he they may not keep a fullback. I think they will, but they may not, right? Like we let's be honest. I just think he's know. shown so much versatility being a lead blocker, being now a, a third down short yardage guy. Uh, we know he can play the tight end position. He played the tight end his senior his last year in college. And we know we've seen him do special teams too. Like this guy, he just like put me on the field. I'm a football player. Yeah. Now again, they may not keep it. And look, we don't know what this final roster is going to look like. Yeah. Uh, we all make guesses, and then every year we're surprised when one guy falls off or one guy gets added, or it's just the way it goes. But yeah, I I think I like him. I I've been on the Ralston train since we got him as a UDFA. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. I think he's going to be a, a, a player at some point, whether it's this season, next season, I think he'll be a player, but yeah, I, I really like Ralston. Um, you know, some of the other mediocre though, man, there's some mediocre and almost hinging on bad center play right now. Yeah. Um, you know, Biadish had some really good moments when he was in, but he also had some moments where you're like, mm, yeah, how did you miss that? Um you know, so I, I, I'll put him as kind of that mediocre right now because he showed some flash. He also showed some some non-flash. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, still, he's still growing. He's still learning. He's You, you can't expect him, um, don't expect him, I would say, to be like Travis Frederick to come in and just dominate. Obviously, he's not, he's not that level. Um, but, you know, I think he can be a good center, but he's got to grow. There's going to be growing pains. Um, I, I got to ask, man, like, with those growing pains and with no depth behind him, basically, except if you want, you want to count Connor Williams as the backup center. I don't know why the team's not reaching out to Austin Riders. Like how, it, I don't know how any team's not, I don't know how he's still a free agent out there. Like, yeah. well, well then let's get into the bad, right? Like let's get into the bad because that'll lead to that conversation. So the bad is, is if Biotish goes down right now, your center position does not look secure. Like yeah. William, and I get it. Like he's moving position. His snaps are a little slow. Uh, there's not a ton of pace on them. You know, I, some of that will be worked out. McGovern had not a good game. Like, let's just 
call it what it was. He was really good the first two games. He was bad this day. Bad. He turnstiled a couple times. He whiffed a couple times. Just it was not his best game at all. Um, I think some of the other bad that we we did see was beyond the offensive line. Look, the whole offensive line depth. Pray we don't lose more than two starters because that depth does not look great. Mm-hmm. Um, Danucci, look, let's just call it what it is. Danucci looked awful. Um, <laughs> you know, people are going to look and oh, he was 12 for 19. Yeah, for three picks and just. He was Nathan Peterson level bad. <laughs> and that, that's all that's all i gotta say like when you're nate when you're in the same breath as nathan peterson like you don't des- you don't deserve a spot on the football field it was bad now they'll probably keep him on practice squad because he can use his legs and scouting and all that but i no. i still hate that yeah <laughs> i know i i would just like now i'll find somebody else but hey you know he was he was not good um on defense, there was a couple of moments where I do have to question some of our depth, right? Like defensive end, and I had a couple of little splashed plays. Like once you get beyond Randy and Tank, unless you're using maybe Parsons at the edge or you get a flash play from, you know, Crawford has not, you know, we, we know some of the depth, right? But like... I'm a little worried about pass rush depth. Um, it, it was, it's been very inconsistent all preseason. Um, and, and I think that that's, it just wasn't great. Like you saw a different, that's what I'm looking for, a different energy, a different style of play when, when the starters went out from the edge. Um, again, they had a couple splash plays, but Really, a lot of that pressure was coming from the middle. Yeah, I, I still like – I thought Doran Armstrong had a good game. He didn't have as good a game as he did against Arizona, but he had a, he had a good game. I think he provides something, hopefully, because we've seen him have good preseasons and good training camps before, and then the regular season comes along and he's not doing anything. Uh, Anaya has flashed a little bit. I, I I was on the bubble with Anaya of him making the team, and then he played really. He played. Good, he made some good plays against Arizona, and then tonight he made a few good plays. And we all know that Anaya can rush the passer. That's what he does. But can he set the edge? He's a smaller defense end, and he had a play. And I know it's just a play, and it's just preseason. But he hasn't. He had a play last night where he set the edge very well, and then made the tackle. He beat the the offense tackle and made the tackle. He landed weird and did kind of a splits thing that got me worried for a second. But, uh, <laughs> but he, you know, if he can continue to consistently set the edge like that, you know, he, he could provide some nice depth. Look, and I'm going to go over a bad, and it's not a specific player. So I want people to hear when I say this. I'm not talking about a specific player. The linebacker rotation has been wonky. Just all the over the place. All over the place. Um, and you'll get a situation where you, you kind of go, well, this guy just made a play. Why are you pulling him for this other guy? And, or this guy isn't making the play, but you you now not pulling the next guy in. Like, it, it's a very weird, and I don't think anybody's figured out exactly how they're doing it yet. Um, you Look, you can see Neil's out there a lot. You can see that LBE's out there. You can see Parsons out there. They're still keeping rolling with Smith. Like, you see some of it, 
but like some and Cox is out there now, but the rotation of what they're doing and the and the consistency and how often they're switching people out, that's not great. Like the, regardless of what you think of the players, mm-hmm. like the rotation is wonky. And I hope they get that fixed out um, and kind of fleshed out a little bit better because look, Parsons made a great play, right? Like the one with Osa and all that made a great play. And then you you see, you know, a snap or two later, they're pulling him for somebody else to come in. And you're like, well, if he's already, if he's rolling and he's in the groove, why are you not keeping him on the field, right? I, I just, it seemed weird. Um, I, I don't know. I, that was a bad, it wasn't the players necessarily. It was just the way they were doing it. Maybe it was preseason. I don't know. Did you see the same thing? No, yeah, I, I, I saw the same exact thing. They're 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 over rotating right now, and I'm I'm thinking this is just my thought process right now that they're just kind of doing it because um, it's preseason, and they're just trying to get their as many snaps as they can with the guys, and they're just trying to rotate, see them see them all in there, um, just get a good feel for them. I'm hoping that when the season comes around, they'll get more of a set rotation going then, where they're not just flipping these guys constantly because. You're going to go up against guys. I mean, Brady week one, you're going to go up against other veteran quarterbacks who aren't going to let you rotate like that. You know, they're not going to let you just take this guy off and then they're going to snap it when, and they're going to catch you with 12 men on the field or with in the middle of a substitution, you know, so you've got to get a good set rotation. You've got to understand that, Hey, you can't just rotate after every other play, you know? Yeah. It so. was just weird. <laughs> Other people noticed it too. Mm-hmm. Um, they were talking about the the rotation. I just it was weird, um, and they kind of did that a little bit with corner as well. Um, and, and again, I think corner had was certainly more about the preseason and trying to figure that depth out. But man, it was just weird. I, I just I didn't like the rotation piece. Like I'm one of those guys who look if your guy's cooking, let him cook, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter who you are. If, you, if a guy's cooking and he's feeling the game, let him cook. Let him feel the game. Let him keep rolling. Just, it was weird. It was, it made it sometimes a little discombobulated, a little little chunky as you watch it. And you're like, ah, I don't know why you would have done that. But maybe it's preseason. Maybe you're right. Um, Some coaches do weird things. Remember that? I don't remember who was it. Was it Ken Wisenhunt with the Cardinals? I don't remember if it was, it was actually him. Or maybe it was Dennis Green when they drafted Matt Liner. And then they had him in the regular season. They had him and Kurt Warner rotating series. Yeah. yeah I was I, like, what are you doing? You're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Just stop. Like either one, especially a quarterback. Good Lord. <laughs> right. Like, you, you let a guy, quarterbacks, most quarterbacks need rhythm. Mm-hmm. And now you're, what you're doing is, is you're like, oh, no, let's just pull you out to put this other guy in. Yeah, you, you have a bad drive. You got to sit on the sideline the next drive just thinking about it. You have a good drive and you're taken out of the game. You're like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it was just wonky. I, I didn't like it. But you know, as we're as we're talking about the the bads, one of the bads we talked about is is center, right? Like mm-hmm. what this center play looks like. And again, Biotish is probably your starter right now. I don't think that's a question. Um, and I think he'll be fine. Like I'm not saying Biotish is bad. Like don't take that what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is is there are now questions where we didn't think we had questions. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, I'm not, not super confident if Beatus goes down with Connor Williams. I don't think Connor Williams is bad after the snap, like, but I don't think Connor Williams has a, the best grasp of calling out the protections 
and then also his snaps. Like we've seen, we've seen him, he did a little bit better in his backup role doing some snaps. Um, but you know, we've seen, we've seen his issues and that just comes with repetition. I get it. Um, you get, you get more experience snapping then you can do better. But like right now going into the season, it's not a time to learn that. And, um, or on the fly in the middle of a season, if Beatus goes down, that's not a great time to learn that. So I'm a little, I'm really worried. And what makes it even worse is Tyler Beatus's injury history. You know, injured, injured, injured in college, injured last year. Like, yeah. And then what you do is if McGovern has games like he had last night, you're going to have to put him at guard, right? Mm -hmm. Because you really don't have anything else at center right now. Like that's, and, and I'm not curious. I'm not wondering if they'll look somewhere um, on cuts. Uh, it's a possibility stash somebody on the practice squad or something kind of a thing. Um, but I think that's a real. Well, here's the look, thing: we we have, practice, as we've all said, right? You don't practice that. You you don't. But look, truth is, is you do have to look at that history of injuries and what you have. You should always look at your second level guy. Like it, regardless what you think of third and fourth and and all these other stringers and all that, you really do, especially in the offensive line, you need to look at your, your backup guy. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's all across the line though, because right now the only depth you have is Connor McGovern in any position on the line. Because yeah. if you, if anybody goes down, it's going to be a shuffling of the line. Like most people think, and I believe this, if a tackle goes down, they're going to shift Martin out and put McGovern in at guard. And then you have nobody back there because then, because I don't know if you want, like watching last night, Titus Eki's not it. He's his feet are trapped in concrete. And then steel was even worse. Yeah. What do they have? Ball. We don't know what ball is going to do. We don't know anything about ball. And so like, I don't think you have any depth that I'll uh, uh, tackle. And you only have McGovern at guard and your backup center is your starting guard. <laughs> so if anybody goes down, it's going to be a mean reshuffling of the line. And then you have nothing after that. Barniak a little bit at center. Like that, that was there late in the game. Um, but again, it was, it's Williams. Williams may be better. Like, yeah, I'm not knock on Barniak. I'm just saying at this point, where they're both at, Williams might be your better option. Um, yeah, it's I, don't, just, I don't see Varniak making the 53. He'd be a yeah. practice squad guy. And, and that might be their stash, right? And just work with him and work with him and work with him and say, okay, look, dude, like, Biotis goes down, Williams is the backup until you can show otherwise. Like, we're hoping you become that guy. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know. It's just, it's a very, it's a, it, Look, it's not concerning because Biotish is, is your starter right now, and I don't think that's changing, but should Biotish go down, it automatically becomes concerning. Um, I don't know. It's something I wanted to kind of bring up on the show because we don't – most people don't talk centers. Mm -hmm. Why we talk centers? Um, but, you know, here we are. Um, you know, back, well, and, and back to the good, back to the good, center was bad. Guess who lines up over center? Defensive tackles. Mm -hmm. Osa. Osa looked fantastic. Osa Fan looked dominant. Just, yeah. Just dominant. Like, like that's the word. Like everybody, like, 
everybody's on Micah Parsons today. And granted, give him credit because Micah Parsons has flashed. Micah Parsons is playing, like you said, a linebacker. He's playing on the edge. He's playing as he lined up as a nose tackle, you know, beat a double team. Like he's been playing great, but Osa has been just as good. And these are two rookies. Uh, I'm, I, I love what Osa has been doing. And then I think the defense tackles as a whole has been good. Cause I think Bohana played a really good game. I think Justin Hamilton played a game, a good game late in the game. And Brent Urban, he's just, he does so. I cannot wait until Brent Urban lines up with Marcus Lawrence because he commands attention. You cannot just double team Demarcus Lawrence because Brent Urban's right next to him. And he, look at the plays. This guy's blowing up the guard into the pocket almost every snap he gets. Like this guy has been dominant in preseason, and I, I just love the addition of Brian Irvin, and uh, I think he's going to be outstanding for us. I, I just, I've been really impressed with the defensive tackles this preseason. I really have. Yeah, I, Osa. It, it, I wasn't sure how much pressure he was going to be able to generate. Like, I we all kind of knew he would be the, the that guy that would be able to like plug the hole. You're not moving him, mm-hmm. you know we all kind of thought like, Oh, okay. I see what they did here. Yeah. 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 I don't think I was aware or I don't think a lot of people are aware of just how much he was going to be able to generate pressure, which is something we asked early um, before preseason or like how much pressure are they going to generate from the interior? Well, we're watching starting to develop. Yeah. And that's what I love because when Gregory's out there and DeMarcus Lawrence gets out there, there's going to be nowhere for the quarterback to step up and run and escape because of the defense, a lot, the defense tackle playing. I hope they continue to play this good into the season because if they play like this with Gregory on one side and Lawrence on the other side, there's going to, and then have the amount we're blitzing with Parsons and different guys like Neil Blitz last night, like the amount we're blitzing. Yeah. The, we're going to put some pressure on the quarterback, something that I don't know. When was the last time we saw that? with pressure on the quarterback um yeah seriously man so i I think probably the last one right for the defensive tackle position oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i like well no we had a uh irvin for a year he had that really good year where he he only played like 10 or 11 games but he had like eight sacks in those games Yeah. yeah david david irving he had that one good year just it never happens <laughs> well and, and look some of that was scheme right like like we can we can all say you know we didn't have it well some of that was the scheme i mean we were god i i hated how little we used any other people than the front four to, to get apply pressure like and it was creating very easy blocking assignments for the offensive line i mean we all saw it right like you were, how many times, how many games did we see the front four where the only people that were tasked with getting pressure on a quarterback, right? And you weren't getting, it's why people slammed on Tank for his contract. It's why people have, you know, we've all said like, we need better gap control. We need this, we need that. Because before <laughs> all it was, was line up and you four generate everything. And what, we, what we're seeing now is they're actually going to use other people to help create that pressure as well. 
Um, and they've incre- they've they've definitely gotten better on the roster, but right, like, am I crazy in thinking that like this? Some of this, yes, the players are better, but some of this is a scheme. Yeah, no, you're you're right, and just like I'm going to tweet out this picture because I was watching the I went back and I was watching the Falcons game from last year, and um, there's a picture I took of a screenshot of it, and it showed our defense. I showed our after the snap and how the the pressure we got which was none and the you have the defense ends near this near the line of scrimmage but our defensive tackles are five yards pushed backwards they're greater than five yards away from this line of scrimmage <laughs> like they got pushed back of that so that far and there was no way matt ryan had all day you know it was a play where matt ryan had the I think it was a play where Matt Ryan held all day to throw it to uh, that long route to uh, Ridley. Yeah, all day. I just... And it's completely different right now. It's completely different right now. So I'm loving it. I'm just... I'm almost in shock because it's been so long since we've seen this. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, how, how many years have we all screamed? Literally all screamed. Like you have to fix this position. You have to do better here. Um, mm-hmm. And right now, looking like Osa is going to be a player. Like he's the guy we've all been wanting to see. Yeah. You yeah, know, and this absolutely. again, this is not a knock on the Parsons play, right? Parsons did a fantastic team job. He got the double team. You know, it freed up Osa to come around that edge. Osa came around the edge. The center noticed it tried to take a step off of Parsons to try to get to Osa who shot that gap, which is something we haven't seen in a long time as a defense act who can move like that. As he did that, it threw the center off balance, which gave Parsons the ability to, to dump him, literally just dump him on the ground, mm-hmm. broke free as well. So now both of them are free. And, you know, Parsons, of course, chases them all the way to the, yeah. to the end, right? Because he gets flushed out and, and Parsons chases them all the end. It has been so long since we've seen something like that from the front seven in general that we're all kind of like, hold on, what is this? This is wizardry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I just, I, people are, are liking Osa, but I think we need to look at Osa even more than what we have been. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's, Everybody wants to see the, the flash and dash and look, and Nay is doing this and Parsons is doing this and, you know, Tank has done this and, and Armstrong's done this and everybody's pointing out all these other players. And then you're just getting this Osa guy who is, who is quietly having a fantastic preseason. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, a very small percentage of people saying, oh my gosh, this Osa guy. I, and I wanted to point it out because you look as great as, as we're seeing some of these other players. Like he needs to be in that conversation too. Yeah. He's one of Um, our top performers in preseason so far. He might be, and all things considered, he might be. With how much he played, he might be the top. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm not trying to knock any other player literally here. I'm just saying if, if the amount of plays he has played and what we all thought, what anybody thought he was going to be, he has far exceeded that, right? Like everybody thought he would be the dump truck. <laughs> yeah. So, so why don't you just admit you hate linebackers, Dan? 
Uh, <laughs> literally, it just it's so funny how I'm like, hey, this guy made a great play, but also so did this guy. And everybody just wants to be like, well, you hate him. Well, no, I just said <laughs> he made a great play. I'm now saying this guy also made a great play as well. Like, can we not play that? Like, both oh, both, both just, can be true. Both can be true. And both were true on that play. Exactly. Like, yeah. But no one wanted to give the Osa credit on that play at all. It was, oh my gosh, look at how he shed these two, he took on a double team and shed it. And like, yes, he played fantastic on that snap. Let's also look at the whole play. And Osa did really well on that snap as well. Both can be true. Yes. Um, Just, gosh, it's, I'm so tired of the linebacker conversation. Anyway. Um, all of them, all, every single one of them. It, it doesn't matter who you want to throw a name out there. Right. I'm tired of Francis Bernard. Like, I'm just tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I can't, I, I can't anymore. Um, so one of the other things that, you know, we definitely wanted to kind of talk about today, which if, if we're all going to be very honest, preseason is preseason. And look, you, you can only take so much of the grain of salt next round the cuts are coming, right? Mm-hmm. And this is where those grains of salt do kind of make a little bit of a difference. Um, you know, they got to cut more players on Tuesday. Um, you know, there, there's guys who have not really been playing a ton. Um, you know, so I, I'm, I'm pretty sure those guys are going to be on the list. But, like, at this point, who, where, where do you see them cutting, right? Like, what do you, where, where do you think the next one is? I mean, look. I think Danucci is absolutely a very high potential to be cut here. I, not because I think ultimately at the end of the day, he somehow wouldn't fall. But I, if I'm the coach, he is certainly one of those guys that I think will be there. Um, you know, I'm thinking Sprinkle might be on that list. Oh, man. Yeah. I, people are talking about him as a tight end three. No, thank you, man. He's looked bad. Like he was, there was a play in yesterday's game where Sprinkle was the tight end on the edge and he was next to Steele, who was a tackle. And they, they tried to double team the defensive end and he just beat them easily for a sack, easily, both of them. And that's, that's supposed to be Sprinkle's thing is he's supposed to be a blocking tight end because he can't catch, he can't receive. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all, I'm all on board on, on cut and Sprinkle this one. Um, I think another one is might not be a cut, but I think they might consider moving Francis Bernard to the IR um, like they did with a couple other people. Um, just he hasn't recovered. He hasn't played in training camp. I mean, he played one. He played. I think he got injured in the very first hour of the first training camp practice and he hasn't been back. Um, I think it's a possibility to for them to instead of cut him, just move him to IR, kind of stash him like they did a couple of like they did Reggie Robinson last uh, last cuts. Um, so, but, but where else do you cut here at this point? Like, you know, look, you only got so much on the offensive line, you know, they're probably going to have one or two guys that, that might, might be the case. Um, but where else do you cut? Like now you're starting to get into, you know, the, the number seven, you know, which wide receivers do you cut? Um, yeah. Yeah. They got a ton of them, so they're going to cut at least one or two. I think they cut maybe. Um, what's his name? Um, I'm trying to think of his name. Um, 
darn it, I can't think of his name. Um, Brandon Eagles. Oh, see who you think, right? So you got Noah Brown, Amari Cooper, Johnny Dixon, Simi Fahoko, Michael Gallup, um, Lamb, Gidry Mitchell, Parker, Smith, Turner, Vasher, and Wilson. I think Smith, Parker, those are two names that, that have a good chance of going. Um, haven't really done anything. Uh, Goodry as well. Um, I just haven't really heard his name either. They're more of camp bodies. They're not, they don't have a shot at making the, uh, the 53 man roster. You know, uh, I wonder if they'll try to do something sneaky with like a Mitchell who I know they like, who try to cut him early to try to sneak him on the practice squad. Um, but uh, that that may happen. Um, I think you also have to look at the the secondary. They have a lot of players back there that you know aren't going to make this team. You know, like a, a Burton or a, a Tyler Coyle. Um, those those are guys that also might be uh, might hit this uh, next cut. Yeah, and, and look, this is the this is the cut that you you don't always see a lot of surprises on this series of cuts right here. Um, this isn't where you'll see that it'll be the next series uh, when they get down to the 53 that that'll be when you'll be like oh my god they cut x player right or oh my god they kept y player it that's when you'll see those things pop out um i think this is kind of that bottom of the roster it'll be interesting to see what they do with the nucci on this series of cuts um because look if they're not playing Dak in the preseason why would you cut them at this point you, just to keep them another arm to throw for your fourth game, right? Yeah. The fourth game, fourth game is usually, Hey, third and fourth springers. You're the only people playing, right? Like that's usually what the, the last game of the preseason is. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they keep them, but I'm just like Cooper and Gilbert just kind of battle it out for each get a half and say, okay, this is, we want to see both of you for a half and, Whoever wins this is the backup. Um, yeah. You know, but I don't think they'll do that. But I don't know what else to think about it. And, and it's weird because we, in years past, we, we've been able to look at certain things and certain players and be like, yeah, you are not going to be here. Yeah. And once we're kind of looking at this guy, we're like, you know, you may have done enough here. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of those players. Like, Fahoko is a guy who I'm I'm currently working on my um, my article for predict, projecting my 53 man roster. Fahoko is a guy who I'm struggling. He's he's right on the bubble, and I got to put this out. And I don't know if I can get him or if I can't get him because I think he had a chance this last game to really set himself apart, and he blew it completely. Blew it. And, and look, so, practice squad guy. Like at the end of the day, you know they. They drafted them. So those are the types of guys that if they're going to get quote-unquote cut, usually will find themselves on the practice squad at some point. Um, yeah. I'm just worried about – I know a lot of teams around the league like Fajoko. Yeah. And I'm kind of wondering if uh, if he makes it to the practice squad. I don't know. Which, you know, is a question. It, like, And that's something people don't really talk about as much when we talk cuts, right? Like there are players that every year you're like, why did this guy get on the – like why is he on the 53 and it's because teams here win get wind of another team wanting to poach a certain player like that yep. you know oh we really like i don't know nick ralston so guess what nick ralston may make the 53 not because they want to keep the fullback on the roster i'm just using him as an example here 
you know, but because they feel that they won't be able to sneak him all the way through waivers and then have him come back on the practice squad. Um, so you'll like the end of the roster is always weird on those 53s because you're like, why would you keep this guy? You know, why wouldn't you have kept X player? Well, because X player they felt could sneak through waivers better than Y player could. Um, it just, this is always like a hard time of the year to, to make guesses. I never make a 53 roster guess. It's not my, I, and there's a reason for that because I tried here and it's like, man, I got, I was just like, absolutely not. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> I'm just, cause once you get past those first, you know, kind of 40 to 45, 48 player range, man, then you start kind of going, well, I don't know, this guy maybe, but this guy sneaked through, you know, it's like Kamara. Kamara is a great example here, right? Do they think they can sneak Kamara through? Mm, Yeah, that's a good question. He's played really well in the preseason. He's flashed, and I think he needs more development. But, yeah, you got to be worried about, okay, you know, other people are seeing what he's doing, and they think, okay, maybe we can develop this guy. You know, so it, it is a tricky situation. <clears throat> I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't think Kamara is going to be a guy who makes a 53, but uh, you're right. You might not be able to sneak him over to the practice squad. And if they feel that they want to keep him and they can't, then maybe he does make the 53. But then now you're long a D tackle. Yep. Right. So, so that's our, our um, defensive line, like that defensive end. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, now you may go long at that position. He's small, you know, he's small for defense end. You're trying to put him at D tackle now. <laughs> well, they lined him up at linebacker a little bit too. Um, you know, but like, how do you do that? Like, do you, do you say I, this is this is the part of of if I were a coach, I would hate because you know you real it isn't just about necessarily always keeping quote unquote the best player at the end of the roster. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's about keeping the player you think will be the better player in time yeah and that's that's the weird thing about the end of this end of the roster churn i you know i just yeah i always find it fascinating but i refuse to make a guess especially once you get to that later portion it's um, yeah yeah so so we have a little bit of time so I'll, look i'm going to throw one at you because this has been a conversation and it interestingly it popped up and i i'm kind of curious on your point of view cornerback right there are a lot of people who want, you know, either Wright or Joseph to kind of be CB2 right off the bat. Now there's conversation of who's your nickel. Is it going to, I think my personal take, my personal, look, I, I don't know, is right now it's going to be Diggs, Brown, and I think it's going to be Kennedy, but it could be Kennedy or Lewis in the slot, right? Yeah. I think that'll be your, your, your three kind of range. People want right outside. People want um, Joseph outside. I, I think they will get there. I think both will have a lot of playing snaps early on, but I think they're going to start Brown maybe in that first game. Like, how are you seeing, just based off of what we've seen so far, especially last night, how are you seeing that? Okay, so what based on what I'm seeing, I agree with you. I think that it will be, it will be uh, Diggs, Brown, and I'm hoping Kennedy, but 
there's a possibility for Lewis, like you said. Um, how I would personally do it is I would do Diggs, Kennedy in the slot, and then Joseph on the outside. And the reason I say that is because I don't think there's a big enough gap between Brown and Joseph. That's, I don't just want to throw my young guy out there and let him play and let him learn on the fly like we do with Diggs. And also, I think that we know Brown. We, we, we know who he is, and he's, he's, he's a decent guy. Um, he's a decent cornerback, but he's not a guy that's going to go after the ball and get his hands on the ball. And Joseph is a guy who can. Joseph is a guy who can get the PBUs. He can get the interceptions. Um, so, yeah, he's going to have rookie mistakes. Yeah, he's going to, you know, all, every rookie cornerback is going to have their, their, their bumps and their bruises. But I think the benefit he could, he could bring to you is better than what you're going to get to Brown. So I think you're going to get more consistently level play with Brown probably in the beginning um, than you would with Joseph. But I think Joseph has the ability to make plays on the ball. So that's why I kind of want, and I, I just want him to learn. I want to get him to get out there and I want him to learn. Yeah. And, you know, people were so against Brown and, and look, Brown, Brown gives you some flexibility that other, that you don't really have right now on this roster, right? Brown plays inside, Brown plays outside. Brown has started games. Brown has come off the bench. Brown had, like, he's kind of that plug and play guy. And, you know, I kind of, I, I, if I had, if I knew kind of everything else that fell in place, like what exactly your safety is going to look like, what exactly your linebacker rotation is going to look like, what exactly you're thinking on that defensive line, you know, I'd say, yeah, let's, let's, let's go with Joseph. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I agree. I think Joseph gives you that. I think Joseph will eventually sur surplant him, uh, supplant him. Supplant him? Anyway. Yeah. Uh, plant him um brain's not working on it someday <laughs> but uh you know I, I think he will but i get why brown is out there i get why you keep a brown on your roster i get the the, the idea if i'm if i it comes week one and i see brown on the outside like i get it um you know yeah. Diggs is obviously your cb1 right now i i don't think that's a, a, a no, question yeah. um he is easily your CB1. I mean, he had a fantastic coverage play last night that looked good. You know, and is, uh, looked and is... really good. Um, it, where where you're gonna where I think your your big question is also gonna come is Kennedy. I think Kennedy is gonna give you some some questions as well because look, Kennedy has played really well. He's that guy's, going that guy's probably, good, man. Right, he is going to probably make this roster. Oh yeah, I think he's a lock. So, so here's your now, now here's your question, right? So let's say you have that. Do you keep Diggs? You're going to keep Joseph. You're going to keep rights, right? So that's three guys right there. You're going to keep candy. That's four. If they start Brown, that's five. Mm -hmm. You're, are you saying to me that you're five, six guys Lewis by the end of the season? Uh, look, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Right. But that was not something coming into the season we expected. Oh, yeah. It's definitely not. But not expected. Um, again, regardless of what you think of players, the specific players, now you're looking at a different scenario than you were at the beginning of the season. You know, walking in a training camp, you were like, okay, 
we have Joseph and we want him to kind of be the two. Well, some things happened. He didn't play. He didn't look quite ready. You threw right out there. Right was looking sharp, right? You get to preseason game three and then you start Brown. What? I, I don't know now. <laughs> I, I don't know. You, you've given me mixed signals, Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've given me mixed signals throughout all of preseason. Um, I don't know. Corner is just one of those positions I think we all want answers for in general, just we want answers for. And I think we've wanted them since we let Awuzie walk and you knew, you knew you had Diggs and everybody else. Whoever it was going to be, no matter, even if you drafted a rookie in the first round, you knew it was going to be Diggs and everybody else. And now we're looking at it and we're like, okay, it is Diggs and everybody else, but there's no, we don't have the full picture yet of what that everybody else actually looks like. Yeah. Just a, I don't know. I, I'm I'm now more curious on that, especially now with the way Hooker played, because now you can do some different things. Um, you know, there are some plays where you're seeing Joseph and Wright both having some issues playing different style. Um, Wright, especially, you need Wright up on your man. That sometimes they've played him off, and he has not looked as sharp off as he has when he's up on the line, kind of using his length and size to kind of get in on our on our receiver very true uh, you know so so they're obviously going to develop that with him I, I would i mean he has the length to do it why not with with joseph you're seeing some hands issue hand usage stuff where he's turning people in or out or, or the wrong way because he's still learning it and that's you're going to get that from every single rookie cornerback in the league they're they're going to have issues where they're going to be like oh i need to direct him in or i need to direct him out or all that you're seeing some of that with joseph a little bit where he'll direct them kind of the wrong way off the line um but again they they started brown and brown knows that stuff you know brown's got that experience brown understands at least what he's supposed to do in each and every scenario um yeah i agree so i'm gonna get a little bit more consistency there I think after preseason game four, we'll, you know, once they get down to the, to the final roster, I think we'll see their thought process, hopefully a little better. Um, but man, right now it's, it's digs and please tell us Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I mean, that's it digs and please tell us because we're all dying to hear what the answer is going to be. Um, yeah. Uh, I, those are the those are the big takeaways I think from from last night. Um, another another takeaway I had from last night, which which was really it was brought up very briefly at the beginning of the game. Dan Quinn wasn't at the game last night. He was not there. He was at home for COVID uh, protocol protection. Um, he went home. Wasn't there. I still think the defense, you know, they called a, a strong game and, and all of that. Um, but I want to know by the end of this, what Quinn's like, would Quinn have called that differently? Would Quinn have, have looked at some of those plays and said, no, 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 no. This is going to be around the middle. No, 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 no. Let's not rotate these linebackers as much. No, no, we're gonna go single high here instead of cover three. Like I, 
I'm curious how much Quinn Quinn really changes what we saw last night in a positive way, not in a negative way, just in a positive way. Like it is some of that a what we're talk what we've talked about is some of that because Quinn wasn't there, the good and the bad, right? We we see what Quinn's vision is, but it, how much would Quinn change some of what we saw? And some of the questions, I don't know, um, but he wasn't there last night, and I think Witt did a good job. Oh, I do too. I absolutely. It just my my question was was does Quinn change any of that conversation by Quinn being there? It's it's possible. I just don't. I, it's hard to tell. I think I think they had a um, a good flow. Maybe he doesn't rotate the linebackers as much. That, right. That maybe he doesn't do that. Maybe maybe he he says, hey, right, you need to. You need to probably more press here. Um, hey, you know, whatever. Hey, Hooker, you know, I need you to come down in the box more. I need you to come down less. I need you, you know, like, I just wonder how much, if there would have been any differences with Quinn being there. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't, we'll never know that answer. Um, we'll, we'll probably see a little bit more evolution week one against the Buccaneers, but um just a quick little point out that Quinn wasn't there. I think Witt did phenomenal, and I think the yeah. defense showed out um, better than I think we all kind of expected as a whole. But I just wonder how much that would have changed, how much better or different it would have looked had Quinn been there, um, you know, to kind of say, hey, hold on, we need to do X, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I – I'm excited. Uh, Dak Prescott's still playing. Uh, his arm hasn't fallen off. His his leg hasn't fallen off. Uh, you know, people want to people want to make something out of something that wasn't really something to be made out of. Yeah, uh, that's fine. But I'm look even a even a 95% Dak is better than anybody else you have on this roster, and he's probably better than at a 95% Dak is still better than most quarterbacks in this league <laughs> so I, am i worried not at all you know i'll be worried if week one comes and they're like hey we're gonna have to sit them okay now i'm getting worried mm-hmm. uh, but it's preseason yeah not not too big of a worry right now it, it'll be fine and he, he'll be ready they said he'll ramp it up next week so and then he'll be a full go the week of the uh, tampa game so i'm not worried not worried at all so so what are you looking for for the final game, obviously, it's going to be all backups, um, as it should be. I'm sure we'll see some of the rookies play. Um, you, you'll probably still we'll see some Parsons. You'll see some Osa. You'll probably see, you know, Wright. You'll see um, Joseph. You'll see some of the rookies play Cox. You'll see some of these guys play. Um, what are you looking for beyond that? Beyond, obviously, the rookie playing. What are you looking for for the final week? Who, who do you want to see make a push that we haven't talked about? Is there somebody there that we haven't talked about? You're like, ooh, I want to see them make a push. That we haven't, huh? All my big, all my big guys are guys that we've already talked about. Um, hmm. Good question. Yeah, it's a good one. I want to see. I want to see um, Steele and Naseki do better. I want to see, you know, some more depth along the, the line. I like Frank Gifford. I just don't think he's going to uh, be able to. It's too crowded in that linebacker position. So yeah. um, nobody that we haven't really covered, like my guys like Nick Ralston, 
that that's my main guy who I'm really looking forward to pitch. Simi, Simi Fajoko. Um, he's got a big opportunity to make a push. We, but we've already kind of talked about that and talked about him. So uh, I'm just looking for healthy. These those those two guys to come up and then get out of the game healthy. <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully one of the guys I definitely want to see is is maybe a little bit more out of Mugwama. We haven't talked a ton about him. Yeah. Uh, I would like to to see that. We'll we'll see. Um, you know, it'll be interesting. All right, guys. Well, that is our fabulous podcast for the week. And uh, where can we find you on the old internet there, Joseph? Yep. Find me on Twitter at the J.A. Massey. Uh, where are your articles? Uh, yes, that's, that's right. I keep on forgetting about that one. Uh, Starboys Network. Boys with a Z at the end. Starboysnetwork.com. There you go. And I'm Dan underscore Rupert, R-U-P-P-E-R-T. And you can come at me for all my linebacker takes. It's fine. I've been getting it all week. Um, it's going to be a thing, I suppose. And then uh, you can also find me at sportdfw.com. Um, thank you guys for listening. And uh, we will catch you next week for the big, uh, for the big one. And Peace. Thank you.